verse of scripture today. It's one of the more well-known scriptures in the Old Testament. It simply says these words in Jeremiah 33 and verse 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I want to read it again. Call unto me, and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Would you stretch your hand this direction and pray God's blessing and anointing over the ministry of his word upon his servant today. Let's pray together. Father, we bless you. We thank you for hearing and answering prayer. Thank you for all your goodness and grace to us. And Lord, we come to this time of the service, the breaking of the bread of life. And this is a sacred time. This is an important time. We haven't come to be entertained, God. We've come to hear from you. And Lord, I'm asking you today to, Lord, speak through me. Lord, let our ears hear and our hearts receive what it is that the Spirit of God wants to say unto the church. We give glory and honor to you for all that's going to be accomplished this day in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And the church said, Amen. The Lord says to you, call me. Call me. I want to say again, thank God for the whole word and what it means in our lives. So many different ways that the Bible ministers to us. One of those ways, I believe, is when we what I call those one-verse sticks of dynamite. That when they are understood and when they're really grasped, they explode within our faith, within our spirits, and they cause us to live victorious in this present world. They're keeping verses. They're sustaining verses. There are verses that are to be committed to memory we just don't practice scripture memorization like we should. It's not just about our mind. It's about our faith. It's about our, our faith exploding and taking off because we've gotten hold of a promise from God and it has changed our outlook. And these verses, they serve as lifelines during challenging times and challenging seasons. I told you last week, one verse of the scripture is as powerful as the whole Bible. And the whole Bible is as powerful as one verse. Last week, we visited Romans 8.28 in detail. And if you missed it, it's, it's on our Facebook. It's on, the, it's on the website. Go check it out. But this week, the Lord has led me to Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you knew not. What a powerful, explosive verse that encourages our faith. But I, I began to look at it, and as blessed as I am by the verse, and I'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment, I liked the reference, 33 and 3, or 3, 3, 3. Is it important? 
Is it, in, is it relevant what the verse is, what the numbers are? Does God care about numbers? I believe that he does. He named a book in the Bible, Numbers. And I enjoyed studying some numerology recently, specifically the number three and its biblical significance. You see, before the flood, there were three righteous patriarchs, Abel, Enoch, and Noah. Did you know there are 27 books in the New Testament? which is a combination of three times three times three. Did you know Jesus prayed three times in the Garden of Gethsemane? He was placed on the cross at the third hour, which was 9 a.m., and he died at the ninth hour, which was three in the afternoon. There was three hours of darkness that covered the whole earth the day that Jesus suffered. Jesus himself said in John 2, 19, destroy this temple and in Three days, I will raise it up. And I can say today with great confidence that we just celebrated uh, two weeks ago, but we should celebrate every week on the Lord's day that he arose on the third day. You see, the number three in the Bible represents completeness. Did you know that the capacity of who we are as humans is summed up in three things, our thought, our word, and our deed? Did you know that there are three divisions of time, past, present, and future? As I begin to think about that, I begin to remind myself that my past is forgiven, my present is victorious, and my future is my hope. Well, praise the Lord. Can I tell you today that though time is one, yet three, though it's past, present, and in future. Space is also one, but yet it's three. It's height, it's width, and it's depth. Matter is one, and yet it's three. Solid, liquid, and gas. Completeness in the three parts of man. Did you know that we are made up of three parts? Body, soul, and spirit. And we're created in the image of three persons of the divine trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In fact, when God got to his crown, in creation. He said these words, let us make man in our image. Did you know that three times during Jesus' earthly ministry, God the Father spoke from heaven about his son Jesus at his baptism in Matthew 3, 17, when he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He said it again at his transfiguration. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And then on the verge of being glorified, Glorified in John 12, 28, the Lord spoke out from heaven and said, I have both glorified your name and will glorify it again. And so let me just say at the very outset of this message today that 333 is the number for me. If all I know is 333, it is all that I need. For 333, God says, call unto me. You see, what is intriguing to me today is that we need Jesus and we desire Jesus and we want to live for Jesus and we want to go to heaven to be with Jesus for all of eternity but we believers just don't call upon Jesus enough. I thought this week how many 
times over nearly 25 years of pastoral ministry, people have come up to me and they've asked the question about 666, the mark of the beast, that dreadful number of the tribulation that uh, we have to avoid at all costs. We have a tendency to seek for the mystical and the mysterious. But I want to say today without reservation, the number 666 has absolutely no bearing upon me and it should have no bearing upon you. Is it a matter of, is it a number of evil? Absolutely. And somehow during the seven years of tribulation, the, the number 666 is going to be a required number for barter and trade and for survival. But let me say this today. I don't plan on being here when people are having to deal with the number 666 to buy, sell, or live. I'm going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb because God has not appointed us unto the wrath that is to come. And let me furthermore say, secondly, there is no room for 666 on my forehead because the day I dialed 333, I called unto Jesus and the Bible says in Revelation that he engraved his name upon my forehead that day. Furthermore, Isaiah says, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. If you want to get caught up in 666, I choose to get caught up in this reality. One day I dialed 333. I called upon Jesus. He put my name on, on my heart. He put his name on my forehead. He put his everlasting joy across me. I've been labeled and I've been sealed till the day of my redemption. Thanks be unto God for 333. That's the, all the number I need. That's the number that says call unto me and I will answer you. Hallelujah. <laughs> call out to the one who can change your circumstances. Turn your world upside down with his miraculous power and his strength. Join blind Bartimaeus who sat on the side of the road and cried aloud, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. And all of the disciples and all of the people said, Hey, why don't you quieten down over there? You're interrupting the master. They were telling him to pipe down. And the Bible says he just cried all the more aloud. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. I'm telling you, I'm going to say it again. I've said it a lot recently. But I'm telling you, we're a, a little too sophisticated. We're a little too stuffed shirt. I'm telling you, the one that saved us from our sins, it's the same one that heals our body it's the same one that's preparing a home for us in glory land that outshines the sun because of Jesus I have breath because of Jesus I have a beating heart I'm telling you today we need to be more proud to stand up and say when I call upon Jesus things have a tendency to be changed and altered in my life because he said if you'll call on me I will do great things for you Psalms 91 and 15 says, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. I will honor him. Isaiah 58 and 9 says, Then you shall call, and the Lord shall answer. You shall cry, and he shall say, Here I am. Hallelujah. 
Let me break. This is word this morning, folks. This is not my opinion. This is not conjecture. I'm telling you, I ran into a, a dear sister several years ago in, in the church that I was serving at. And I just got intrigued because every time I, I, said, uh, I, I said God is doing some great things, she would always say, praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. I don't know that I ever heard her say praise God. But then, you know, one day I got to thinking about that. And, you know, in this world that's so diluted with its religion and all of these big shots that are saying there are many ways to God, if we're not careful, we can, we can allow our faith to be diluted. But I'm telling you, somebody ought to rise up and say praise Jesus. Praise Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I praise you. Jesus you're the reason that I live and move and have my being I call upon Jesus and Jesus hears me when I pray let me break it down quickly this morning he said call unto me call unto me and I will answer you call unto me you know we relied on an old president for eight years and we have hope in, in a, a more recent president. And, and I can tell you right now, I've already been disappointed. It don't matter what your political persuasion is. The answer's not in the White House. Oh, I could really spend some time there, but I'm going to go on. He says, call out to me. We're not citizens of this world. It's not mystical. It is fact. It's not our imagination. It is reality. We look unto Jesus. We call unto Jesus because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. We've sat with enough school counselors. We've sat with enough family therapists. We've sat with enough family doctors and specialists. It's time to get vigilant and diligent and get determined and get resolved to call unto Jesus. Story was told by Lynn Sullivan when his family moved to northern Saskatchewan to start a church. And as a church planter, part of his support was funded by the local mission, and most months were difficult financially. He goes on to share how one week in April in Saskatchewan, the ground was still frozen and snow-covered, and they were down to only a few dollars in the bank. And their usual reaction to that need was to look for our own solution. But he said, this time, however, in a, in a stroke of faith, he said, I went before God. And told him that we needed eggs, bread, and milk. And I would simply wait upon him. Within a few moments, somebody came by to his little fix-it shop. And they had a leaky tea kettle. And he said, you know, the customer said, I could get another. But this is my favorite tea kettle. Please fix it. In a matter of minutes, the job was done. And I didn't even charge him for it, he said. But he pulled out a $10 bill. And he insisted that I take it. Just enough to buy a gallon of milk and a dozen eggs, and a loaf of bread. And as he left, as the customer left, uh, Lynn Sullivan says, I had a bit of pride in my faith decision, and I thanked God for what he had done. But because of my pride, he said he felt the Holy Spirit speak back to him and said, now, don't you wish you had asked for a side of beef? Don't you wish? You see, this is what I know. We serve a very, very big God. We serve a God that can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. What we need to do is dream big and ask big because with God, all things are possible. My God, somebody, get this in your spirit. 
it today. There's no disease that can stand up against God. There's no financial difficulty that can stand up against your Lord. Call unto him and he will answer you. Hallelujah. He said, and I will answer you. TV preacher's probably not going to call you back. Your closest Christian friend may not immediately return your text. And that pastor, quote, he just won't pick up every time I call. But there is one. In 333, God is saying, he's never too busy for me. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, and he will show you great and mighty things. A great future, great favor, great faith, mighty miracles, mighty manifestations, mighty displays of great power on your behalf and behalf of those of my family. Signs follow them that believe. Call unto me. He's no respecter of persons. You're an heir of God. I have a hard time with that verse, to be honest with you. But it's just hard to ingest and digest. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. That's Bible. That's Bible. Now, as I thought about that, the Lord led me. I want to show you one more thing that is mind-boggling. It's found in Isaiah 65 and 24. Now watch this. It says these words, And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while, while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Before they call, I will answer. Matthew 6, 8 tells us, He knows what things we have need of, before we ask him. The, the answer is certain. The answer is waiting for you. Uh, something begins to well up within my soul as I begin to envision the Lord say to me, come boldly to the throne of grace. I envision myself, Sister Becky, walking from outside the courtyard into the throne. <laughs> and as I, as I turn the corner at the foot of the throne where I'm going to bow down and worship God, there's something there waiting for me. And what it is, God has already gift-wrapped the answer to my needs and laid them at the foot of his throne before I ever kneel down to worship the Lord. Oh, I wish you could get a hold of this in your spirit before you ever turn the corner. God's saying, here comes one of my boys. Here comes one of my girls. And he dispatches an angel and says, go ahead and put their answer down there. When they fall down to worship me, I want them to know I've been in control and in charge of their life this whole time. And I'm going to work everything out for their good and for my glory. The answer is already prepared. 
It's already prepared. Another reason to boldly approach the throne. You boldly go in the name of Jesus, not your own merit. You bold to call knowing that he will answer every single time. And you're, you're bold to go because you know that he, that he knows you were going to call out to him. And the answer is already there for the taking. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. The answer is certain. The answer is waiting. God still loves to be asked. It's not, you don't take Isaiah 65 and 24 and, and, then, and then have a sin of presumption. No, it's not meant for that at all, that you never have to pray. No. What he's saying is, is if you'll just be more and more dependent upon me, I already know the thoughts and the intents of your heart. I already know the desperate needs in your life. I've already got it worked out. The answer is certain. The answer is waiting. But God still loves to be asked. <laughs> 333 is the answer you need for 333. God says, call unto me. You didn't know I was a poet, did you? <laughs> you never stand taller with your heavenly father than when you're on your knees in front of your father. Pastor Tony, come to the keys if you would. I learned a long time ago that the greatest inspiration to our faith is answered prayer. Sister B come by the office the other day. She was face was radiant. She said, I just returned from my doctor. My numbers have stabilized and are looking better. Two Sundays ago, Audie Turnmeyer walked out of service and she said, God's moving in my life. My numbers have greatly improved from everything I went through. God is faithful. God is faithful. Off and on for four years, I've been dealing with cancer. Every time I prayed and pressed in, it came back. But sometimes you just got to press in a little bit more and a little bit more. Last year, it's been less than a year ago, I had tumors in various places. And one, they didn't know it was operable. And then there was one that appeared in my liver. And I was biopsied and there was cancerous. But praise God, two days ago I found out they're gone. 
Somebody would give the Lord praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be deliberate right here. So I want you to just stay with me for a moment or two. But in just a moment, I'm going to ask you that are desperate for a miracle, desperate for a healing, desperate for God to move in your family. I'm going to ask you to come and kneel. 